Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello, welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 1. I can't believe we've made it 12 years. I'm ASD. I'm Giles. And I'm Chris. We are back, back with a vengeance. We are recording the now, uh, the Roma game starts in eight minutes. We won't really talk about that, um, but it looks like a strong squad's gone out. Possibly what should I be our first 11, but we'll we'll leave that uh, until uh, our, the coming week. But we're going to talk about the summer. We're going to talk about our expectations of, of what's coming up. But how are you feeling now as Spurs fans? Because if I take you back to this time last season, <laughs> like we forget how bad it was. <laughs> like if you remember how long we were just missing a manager for if you remember and how just utterly miserable it was anything's better than that so how are you how are you feeling Giles I'm feeling giddy I'm so happy I'm so excited I had a chat with Chris earlier in the week and made this point so apologies Chris for the echo but I I I find this bit in between games and in between seasons I think it's so important to enjoy this happiness I think um, I, I was telling Chris about my brother, who's the most pessimistic of all the Spurs fans out there. And I, I, I keep reminding him to enjoy it. Enjoy this buzz. Enjoy this feeling that we've got Conte, we've got Kane and Son firing. We've got, oh, my God, so many good new signings. We're investing. Stuff's happening, right? You've just got to enjoy it. This is it. This is the bit to enjoy and be happy about. So I'm buzzing. Chris, are you how are you feeling in relation to all of your other Spurs pre-seasons? How are you feeling compared to those? I think the way we all, we should all be feeling right now is if not now, then when? Yeah. yeah. Right. Look at look at everything. You know, it's it feels like it's all been leading to this moment, right? So you've got the best stadium in the world. You know, we're adding more seats, which means that the, you know, the revenue is going to be there. You've got arguably one of the best, one of the best managers in the world. If you're not going to have, if you're not going to have Pep and you're not going to have Klopp, then you, what you want is Conte, right? Um, One of the things that we all complain about is that we don't have enough investment. Well, actually, the manager has been backed, you know, and we've had Paratici in place for a good season now. So he's out there doing whatever he's doing and he's on the board. He's in those board meetings, having those conversations. That is a difference as well. That's not a scout. That's someone who's in those rooms when they're talking about whatever it is they're talking about, whether it's around what, you know, whatever investments they're going to be making, what they're doing. So. And you're backing the manager. So and we're in the Champions League, which is astonishing if you think about, you know, what where we were like in November. So if not now, then when? Yeah, it feels like this is the time for us to be a bit adult about football now and just be a bit more consistent, which is what we want. Uh, let's get into our all of our arrivals. So we've got a few players coming back from loan. Endon Bele, Lo Celso, Brian Hill, Pape Matasar. Alfie Whiteman as well. Uh, any of those you're excited about coming back? Sar? Are we excited about Sar? I'm not not excited about Sar. I, I think based on the pecking order of excitement, he's probably a few places down. Um, is he going to stay, though? I saw something about him going back out on loan. Um, I don't know much about him. I think, great, you know, if we've got... He's obviously, like, a pla- you know, a player. Um 
Endo, did you say Endondele? Is he back? He's is back. It, He's training. He, really? Yeah. Wow, I missed that entirely. Okay, well, that's interesting. What do we think about that? I think they're just waiting to find someone. Isn't there rumours he might he wants to go back to Turkey? Like someone wants him in Turkey, which just get that just seems to be the default for flair players yeah. with an attitude <laughs> problem. Just off yeah. to Turkey. Um, Papi Matasar won Young Player of the Year at the Confederation of Africa. Like the he won Young African Football Player of the Year. He's only nineteen, and he he did really well last season when he was at Mets. So I'm really excited to just see him develop. It feels like a bit of a Delhi signing, you know. If it works, great. If it doesn't. He's still valuable hot property. So when, when we signed good. him, I do remember reading a, uh, I think it was something again that was in the Athletic, and they were waxing lyrical about him. Now everything always has to come with a, you know, a John Bostock caveat, of <laughs> course, especially at that age. But I'm, I'm excited about him. It was a shrewd signing. He's done well. He's played games in France, and I mean, he absolutely smashed that fitness test in Korea, didn't he? I think he would have done another 43 laps of the pitch. And if we can get him a place in, say, like a an, uh, like a skippy type loan signing, keep him in English football, then who knows? I mean, he mm. seems like he's got a great attitude, which is something that I think is consistent with all of our signings and something we'll probably no doubt come on to at some point. So I'm, I am excited about him. I feel if we were in the Europa League or the Europa Conference League, he might have stuck with us, you know, but... We've just got too much high, high pressure situations for him just to be a bit part player. Like let's get him developing, um, and it's, it looks like the Celso is going to go as well, which is good. And it looks yeah. like Hill is up for sale as well. I've got the feeling with Hill, he'll just never be strong enough. You know, um, oh god, he's been was... in the squads though. I mean, they've they've taken, mm. you know, they haven't left him at home in in these games. So I wonder player. if that's a, I wonder if that's an indication of anything, or do you think that's kind of shop window stuff? maybe numbers i think that you know, there's people who are definitely not going to go end on belly and a few others but i don't know maybe i mean because he had a couple of good games for us and then he's he's obviously done well out on loan um at valencia who knows though he's, he's like 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 um Lichelso, though he's very sellable isn't he you, you won't struggle to find buyers and it might come down to that if they can't shift and belly maybe they will reluctantly take a fee even though he's got promise and he and he's he played didn't he in korea and i think he impressed Albeit he played yeah, yeah. centrally, which was, you know, quite unexpected. Uh, before we get into our signings, then let's say goodbye to our three departures. So the first one, Stevie Bergwijn, got a good thirty mil for him. Any regrets getting rid of him at all? I think he's a good impact player, but have we got space for that as an impact mm. player? Um, I don't know, but I mean, you know, all we can ever do is thank him profusely. For that, um, <laughs> for those game. winners against Leicester, exactly. Yeah. It's like you know that was a turning point of us that season. Yeah, we saw his first goal, didn't we, Giles? We were sat next to each other for his goal against Villa. Is that right? Am I thinking that right? Uh, in Dombelli, that was his first goal. That was in Dombelli. Stevie B, yeah. Not Stevie B. Oh, his debut goal was City, wasn't it? That was. That's it. Pretty special, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it just feel it feels like there's a few players like we could wait to see them hit their potential. Lacelso, Endobele, Bovine, but we just don't have the space for it anymore. The mature like City don't wait for players; they just bench them and get rid of them. Um, uh, okay, Steve Bergwijn, thank you and good luck, and hope to see you in the Champions League. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers has gone to Celtic. He's still only twenty four. <laughs> I'm not having that. He's got to be forty by now, surely. Right. Uh, 24, I mean, we never really saw him, did we? 
Um, no. Well, they got Jack, a fee for him, didn't they? Yeah, he got six and a half mil, so that, which is great. And then Jack Clark, we never really saw him, did we? That was a weird one, that one. And it's kind of, I suppose, what slightly makes you worry about Jed Spence. Because that's just sort of similar to what uh, Conte sort of said. It's a club signing, which is what I think Jack Clark was. Mm. Um, I'm, you know, so I hope that we see more of Spence. Yeah. Right then. Let's talk about our arrivals. Richarlison, a lot of money, £52 million. One of our most mm. expensive players ever, you know. Mm. Um, how excited are you for him? You go, Chris. I think I think he's a re- I think he's an excellent addition to the team because he's something that we da- haven't necessarily got in that area. It's like you know people are complaining about him for the reasons that we'll love him when he's in our shirt. Like he's a wind up merchant. He's <laughs> yeah. not afraid of like sticking a leg out here and there. And actually, we need a bit. You know, like you know, was it Mourinho that said we need to be nastier? Um, and he's like weirdly nasty, but kind of likable. And that whole pigeon thing, I think, is hilarious. <laughs> and I just think the fact that they're already taking the piss out of him for him is great. So there's already yeah. like there's already something in that. So I think he's a really good signing. I'm really pleased to see him. I and Everton, uh, Everton fans I've spoken to are unhappy that he's gone. And I think that's also got to be an indicator of what kind of a player he is. Definitely. Yeah, my um, I've got two good mates who are Everton fans, and and to be fair, we we've, we've argued about him for years well a couple of years he's been at Goodison because I've never rated him but only because I just don't I don't I don't I don't agree well with all of the rolling around on the pitch and tarting around that he seems to be so good at and yet they they're constantly they're constantly telling me about his quality and his tenacity and his drive and his determination he's not one of those players they've ever had issue with off the pitch which again I think is really consistent with other players that we seem to be trying to attract under Conte which is a great great thing um, and and I think it's great. I think the thing about him, and and the same is true, obviously, with Basuma, is he's got Premier League experience. He's been here for what five years, maybe four years at least, with Watford and Everton, and he's so versatile. And again, I read a, a long article about him off the pitch and all the stuff he did in Brazil as he was coming up as a pro. And he just sounds like one of the most soundest blokes you would ever want near your football team and changing room. So I think it's good. It's it's a lot of money, but. It's good, isn't it? We haven't we haven't really had that feeling in the past. We've signed unknowns like the Yundon Bellies and these potential stars from overseas. But actually, this guy's been here. He's been doing it for a few years. He slots in well as a as in, in a squad where there's going to be five subs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm up for it. Hey, he's he's Brazil's centre forward. You know, he, he mm. and for a team that you know is up there to win the World Cup with maybe France, and the fact he can play across the front three is perfect for us and that it's the attitude as much as anything you go like we we sold Lamella Lamella was a really useful player for us because of his shitbag tendencies you know I I got suggested a video on YouTube earlier today Spurs destroying big teams and I was like what is this who's making these videos now it wasn't even a Spurs fan one it was just a generic football um account and it had the uh Liverpool 4-1 if you remember the one at Wembley it had Chelsea 5-3 on New Year's Day many years ago and it had Man United the 6-1 remember that one in lockdown 
And if you remember, yes. Lamella basically was the game changer in that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's got that in him. Yeah, I really enjoyed the video when he met Romero as well, when they met for the first time. And it was a bit and I, <laughs> I love that. You know, it is it is people pushing each other and that that passion, which when it's together, just creates fireworks. I'm buzzing for it. Right. Let's do Basuma because odds transfer, really, when it happens. Right. Because of the circumstances, you know, and there's so much conjecture about what Spurs might have known before they signed him. But the stuff we know is he had been accused of something horrendous. I don't know what the what he'd officially been accused of. Chris, I need your help. And we signed him. So it was an odd move for Spurs, who are I feel I feel they're very conscious of their image in this in this situation. Chris, how do you feel about it now? I still don't like it. Don't like it. And I still don't like it. And it's interesting because Jack asked me a question because we've been talking about this obviously over the summer. And Jack just asked me the question and said, Well, what would have to happen? That was me. For you. Oh, was that you? Sorry. Yeah. ASD asked me the question because actually we've talked about this quite a lot over, mm. you know, the last few months. What would have to happen to make me feel like he's all right? And I don't know the answer to that question, ASD. And it's not like, listen, and I get it. And I and I get that he hasn't been charged. And I imagine the club must have known that that was going to happen, you know, for the reasons we talked about. And, you know, all the rumours are like it was his mate and he just happened to be there. Um, but I don't know. It just The whole thing just makes me feel uncomfortable because we know... How, that how how footballers act with impunity in these situations, how women are disposable, and we know that sexual assault. Sorry for anyone who's listening, where this kind of a difficult subject is about power, and we also know that money begets power. So that's why I think one of the reasons why you have so many of these situa- so many of these cases around players, a lot of which get thrown out. And look, they get thrown out because we. This is what happens in cases that are around that are around um, rape and sexual assault. I don't have to give you all the statistics of like, you know, let alone there are. I don't know how many more times um, those incidents happen that get reported. And even of those reported, how many get to the CPS? And even of those who get to the CPS, how many are charged? I mean, you know, you've got campaigning organisations who talk about the fact that rape is basically decriminalised in this country because it's so hard to get a conviction. Just the really mm. thing that really crystallised it for me is because you get such bad conviction rates, the really good police officers don't want to go and work in that department as well. So if you think about like structurally how that all fits in, it's like, oh, no, don't put me over there because my rates are going to yeah, be terrible. Right. So I'm not going to get my career advancement. So when you put like all of that together, it's terrible. And and, you know, look, and I, I've got no way of knowing what he was what he was culpable of. But it still doesn't sit nicely with me. Um, but then again, like the minute you start un, like, unpicking this, then you're looking at football in general, which is also challenging. Mm. So, Eve, I don't know what to say to you, my friend, as like. I don't know. Go and do some work with uh, with women's aid or refuge or rape crisis, and then we might be talking. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's really hard because yeah. I I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, and you go, but he's here, and so what do I do as a football fan? You can't take it's not just football because we don't like football just for football. We like it for everything that makes us feel and everything that makes us be involved in, and it would have been easier just not to be involved. 
but then on the flip side if he hasn't done anything there's all this stuff about him which will just follow him around the rest of his career which but then that is essentially the easy argument and it just you just go round in circles and i i don't know now um there's a bit of me which is just i'm going to support him the, the legal system is what it is but then you go well legal the legal system isn't your moral system and there's a big difference between that mm. and it's really bloody hard and i want to i want to say okay cool forget don't forget that but put that to one side what do we think about it's what he's going to bring to us on the pitch but you can't you, you can and you can't i can't you really can't. answer that but i mean i'm happy you know go ahead and talk about it it it's just hard because mm-hmm. it what example are we setting then you don't know. I it, it, it's it's almost impossible. Giles, where's your head at with it? Well, I can't. Um, I couldn't agree more with with everything Chris has just said. Uh, so it, the discussion then becomes really either flawed because you're talking about someone uh, on footballing merit alone, which perhaps is the question. Um, but in doing so, you're kind of enabling a problem to exist aren't you? Um, and I don't doubt that problem exists. And I don't doubt that problem is bigger and scarier than than even how Chris articulated it so well. So it's a really difficult one to, you know, to be honest and, and okay. answer. So let's park him. Let's park him. Hopefully he does some good stuff on and off the pitch for us and proves his value to, to football and to people. Uh, DJ Spence. I'm really excited by Spence. I think like you speak to every every football fan who watched the championship last year, Nottingham Forest, Middlesbrough, they didn't want to get rid of him. He's he's really exciting. I I'm, yeah. I mean, and thirty million is not not a small amount of money, but I mean, he could be he's that raw talent, and he could be the next thing for us. I'm buzzing. You excited. I'm excited about him. I, I think it's hard not to be excited about him. With you know, I, I always thought Poch was the wing back whisperer, but you know, it turns out there's two of them. And, and if you look at the tune he's got out of some of the players in our squad, I mean, look at look how great Doherty looked in the last game or two before his horrific injury. And I just can't help but think with those attributes that Spence has, whether Conte wants to call him a club signing or not, is it, largely irrelevant because. If if Jed Spence's attitude is bang on, and there are question marks about that, and I think it'd be wrong not to at least mention that, um, then I think Conte is going to turn him into such a player. Potentially, the fee was relatively you know tiny, really. When you when you when you think about the the premium that you typically pay uh, for English players, and by all accounts, the deal has been you know on and off since January. And Jed Spence had been telling his teammates he was going to end up at Spurs. Him and Cessignon used to you know, bomb up the flanks in their younger days at Fulham. And I think it's I think it's really, really encouraging. And I, and I think as long as his attitude is right, that's the only query for me. I think it's a it's a wonderful signing. I, the, the only thing that's holding me back from getting too giddy about him is, is it's strange that no other clubs were seemingly in for him. There's a couple of rumours that Chelsea made a late move, but who, who knows whether that's true. Um, so that's always a, a, a sort of metric of sorts, isn't it? When you're gauging how, how much potential a player has, especially at a relatively low fee. But I'm, but I'm really happy we've got him. But I think that's potentially one of those things, though, Giles. I think you've answered your own question there, which is if he's been talking about coming to us for such a long time and mm. there was basically almost like a pre-deal, then, 
You know, like where if you're Chelsea, who are doing weird things, i.e. nothing in the transfer market anyway, are mm. you going to like put your energy into signing someone you know you can't get? Could be a way of looking at it. I mean, maybe, of course, I'm, being, yeah. maybe I'm being idealistic and that's not how it works, but. But also, let's not forget, like your point earlier, Chris, that we've got one of the best managers in the world slash coaches. And actually, if you're a young player and you know that he has a track record of turning wing backs into world beaters, then of course you're going to you're going to go there, uh, to go there. And and that situation at Chelsea, it's funny. Chelsea seem to be playing the Tottenham role, and Barcelona are playing the old Chelsea role, where they line up these deals and Barcelona sweep and get Rafinha or, or Kunde, whoever. So that's all. So maybe Spurs is a more attractive proposition than Chelsea, um, and I can believe that given all of the positives around the club at the moment. The bit I always forget is the difference a good player makes to a, a position where we've had a, just a decent player there. You know, we haven't had good fullbacks in a while, like Danny Rose and Carl Walker, really. Yeah. Like, really. Because you go, who have we had since then? Like, Oria, and we've had Doherty, and a few, uh, you know, we've had Ben Davis, and we know Ben Davis now is left centre back, and he, he's played there for right. Wales. Um, and we've had Reggie, who is looked sparky, but if you compare to an actually good player in those roles, is it, it just creates such a big difference. And mm. hopefully we'll see that from him. Uh, onto the free transfers. So Perisic and Forster. I'm really excited by those two. I, Perisic it seems like an unbelievable deal. I don't know how we got him. Yeah. I'm, I just, it, it just feels like he's going to bring so much experience. And uh, already Sesson Young has come out and said he's already been helping him and mentoring what a, what a signing that could be. That could be a bit of a Van der Vaart signing, I feel, you know, and I'm not saying he will have the impact of Van der Vaart, but just the, just the calm head. I've been there. I've done it type thing. You know, how did, how did you feel when that happened, Chris? I think, I think it's a, it's a statement. I think that was the one that was the real statement of intent mm. because it's also sort of goes against our transfer policy in inverted commas, which is about having sell on value. Because we know that's what we've been doing more recently is you've got to have someone with selling value. And what, you know, the last time we did that was probably Fernando Llorente. And Llorente was still like sort of at the end of it. And now I know that Perisic is 33, but like you can still see that he's a winner and a leader. Um, And I just I'm excited by him because I think he could be a real, a really, really important person in the dressing room as well. Because I think that's the other thing is, you know, it's interesting. You just got to look at it with the with the the England women's team it's like they've got a manager who knows how to win things we've got a manager who knows how to win things there are players in that England dressing room who they might not have had European success with their clubs but there are the players in that dressing room that have played at Wembley and have won cups and that what's what, what we need in our dressing room are players who have been in those high pressure moments and won things and we've got that in Perisic now and I think that will make a huge difference He's, he's our signing of the summer, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Pure winner. And then who would you, like, who, who, like, who would you say is the signing of the summer then, ASD? Oh, Richardson. Purely because we've been missing a striker for so long. We haven't had two strikers since it feels like since Defoe and Pav. Like really, you know? And it just feels like Kane can breathe a bit. I mean, he looks Fit and healthy and brilliant in pre-season. Mm. Yeah. And 
it just gives us more support in an area we we desperately needed support in. We're also building a team of physical beasts, for want of a better word. Jed Spence is is six one. Perisic is six one. Richarlison mm-hmm. is is I think the same, if not maybe a fraction. I mean, Fraser Forster's what eight foot practically. He's the guy a monster. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of the actual physical, um, I suppose uh, attributes of the, of the team, the starting eleven. In the past, I think we've been easy to knock off the ball. And I suppose mentally, maybe that winning mentality hasn't been there. And I think Chris makes a really valid point about that with Perisic, um, certainly, and Conte knowing how to win and the Lionesses, etc. But I, but I think that physical um, power that our, our starting eleven will have, I mean, six foot one for, for wing backs with pace is different from, you know, Carl Walker and Danny Rose. I'm not saying it's superior, but I think as a, as a presence in the box, because, I mean, we never score from set pieces, really, do we? We always concede from set pieces, and I think that's really going to help having a, a much bigger team. In fact, I think the man in the middle of the park we spoke about earlier, I think he's our shortest signing, and he's still six foot. So that's good when you compare it to Harry Winks, for example. That's what I'm going to call him on the man in the middle of the park. Yeah. Oh God, Winks. So who's the priority of the, the people we have to get rid of then? And I'm assuming it's... Oh, Lengele. Sorry, Lengele. We forgot about Lengele. Oh, yeah. Um, bit of an odd one? Or just filling a gap? It, in this, it's either... Well, I think what it is is is, is potentially a stopgap. I mean, it's only a year's loan. Apparently, there's no option to buy. Clearly, we wanted Bastoni and or a couple of other big names which would have really commanded a premium fee. If they think that that is just going to be prohibitive, then why not get a lad in who's got experience, who's best mates with Hugo, who's got a wand of a left peg. He's going to be coachable, much like Ben Davies was in that in that position. So to me, that signing was a no brainer. It's not as exciting or sexy as, say, a Bastoni type signing. But I don't care. I mean, if Conte wants him, Paratici's done a good deal. Barcelona are desperate to free up the wage bill. I think it's a really shrewd piece of business. And then if the market allows a last minute Daniel Levy special and we do manage a, a coup and centre back, which I think is still on the cards, then all you're doing is you're is you're further enriching that squad and bringing even more depth, which we all know we've needed for years. So I think it's smart. I laughed at get Aladdin because I heard Aladdin and it took me a moment to like reprocess that what you actually said were three words of a lad in but i'm like wow have you signed the lad in i didn't realize <laughs> now you're talking that, that might be one for a future show a, a, a disney 11 um, i'm trying go. to find that um so the players we need to get rid of so obviously and don Bellet needs to go because of the money and just it just feels like a bad bit of a bad fart smell around the training ground yeah. uh has the also gone no, not, not formally, yet. but there's people. I think is it Sevilla are in for him. Well, he needs to go. Yeah, yeah. I think he wants to go back to Villarreal, doesn't he? There's a. I think there's two or three clubs which apparently have agreed a deal, but it's the player himself who's hoping that Villarreal come in for him. And if not, I mean, I, I think I think the door's wide open, and there'll be plenty of people there to greet him as and when we decide who we're selling to. Yeah. By all accounts, and Dombele obviously is is another. Taylor of fish. Yeah, I think. Get rid of Reggie. Is it Reggie yeah. going back? Well, not to Real Madrid, but it sounds like Barcelona are in for him at the moment, or looking at him. Is he our player then? Yeah, he's our player. It was a yeah. we've bought him, and then it was a there was a two year buyback clause for forty million euros, if I remember correctly, oh, it, which is a lot yeah. of money for him. Which is a lot, yeah. And then Winksy might go somewhere as well. 
there's just a few, aren't there? Royale might go to Spain. Mm. Um, Rodan has pretty much gone to France, hasn't he? He's gone to, is it Nantes? Loan no, he's gone to Rennes. Rennes, sorry. That's it. Is that yeah, loan, yeah, with an option to buy. Because Jaffet's gone on loan, hasn't he? But that is, that's, is, there, is there an option there or is it just a loan, isn't it? That's not I believe there's it, an yeah. option, but it hasn't gone through. They're, they're talking about there being an option if, if it does go through, which it hasn't yet, apparently. Okay, um, final one before we get on to uh, our hopes for the season is, apart from Ben Davis signing a new long-term contract, a good thing. He uh, did the, though, didn't he? Yeah, he's just signed, I think it's an extra two years, he finished in 2025, because he's, he's, he's now one of our longest-serving players. Yeah. I think, is it him, Hugo, Kane, Son, all qualify for a testimonial already, which is crazy. Um, wow. The kits, how do you feel about the kits this season? I don't know. To be honest, I'm I at first when because I think you sent it to me first ASD and I yeah. thought I, I I I was deeply troubled by it and then I realised well, I'm always deeply troubled by which kids. one kids which one oh the one that looks like a some sort of scuba diver number from thrift yeah. shop somewhere I mean it's 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 fluorescent and, and ugly but then I realised I heard someone else far smarter than me say that that actually kits only really mean something retrospectively don't they like the the kit in Amsterdam at the, I remember a couple of years. I remember the year that came out really just not being particularly happy. Now I see that kit and I'm just, you know, over the moon. I love it because of the associated memories. So mm. I think ask me in a year's time and I'll probably love it because we're going to win the league. That's, <laughs> I think, I think the, the one thing I will say, though, that one that was like a meteorite last year, there was that yeah. third kit or that away kit or whatever, like they literally couldn't, they couldn't get enough of it. Mm. So as soon as it was there, it got sold. Yeah. Um. So it'd be interesting to see what they've got planned for the third kit because that's where they get a bit more interesting, I think. Yeah, that's, that, that's very true. Yeah. And also, I remember I seen Romero in the kit not long after you sent it to me, ASD, and I immediately liked it more because I remember. I was going to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. Maybe it's the case that he just looks good in anything as much as anything. Um. So some season predictions. I'm going to write these down and try and remember them for the end of the year. I always say, I think I've been saying this for 12 years, but uh, I'm going to talk about your just player of the year. Who's going to be a player of the year by the end of the year, end of the season? It, are we Giles. talking to, like, total, like absolute player of the year or relative absolute. to where they've come? And, and No, I've got surprise of the year next. So I've got player surprise of the year, where we get to in the Champions League and FA Cup and the league. Does Conte yeah. stay and yeah. uh, the City results at the end of the year? Well, I think I think it's such a boring, predictable answer, isn't it? And I apologies yeah, for everyone okay. listening because they know I'm going to say Kane. But just because he's on it, like th- this time last year, we know the mess that we were in and the fears and the anxiety we had around that. And it just was a bit sloppy, wasn't it? And actually, he still came back and he still had a prolific end of season. And that was only with a, you know, a midweek training sessions with Conte. He's had all summer. If his eyes on the ball and we're led to believe he's as enthusiastic as we all are about the opportunity this season, then I can't see why he wouldn't have an absolute roaring success of a year. Well, can I ask you for a second player then? After Kane. Um, Skippy. Oh, that's what I'm after. Really? What, back from injury? Just a hard Yeah, I mean, who knows whether that injury is you know had a long-term effect on him he's had surgery by all accounts he's he's back and raring to go but I think he's a proper proper player isn't he and he he looked so surprisingly it's it's weird isn't it you get people like Mason Mount who I know people have talked about for years having a year at Derby and then coming back and and you know almost being a bit hang on a minute 
where's this lad come from? And it's the same with Skippy. He had that year at Norwich and he just looked absolutely incredible. Every time we needed him to come in and play a role, he was fantastic. And I, I, it was just such a shame the end of the season, all of that, will he, won't he play again and get some time under Conte. And, and obviously he really was robbed of all of that opportunity to progress as a player under Conte. So I think certainly relative to our expectations, I expect him to have a, a stellar year. Is Chris. he back now though? Because he's not even on the bench tonight. Oh, is he not? Mm. So I was actually wondering if he's actually back and fit. So, <clears throat> so my name is also Harry Kane, but I don't mm. think you can force us to have somebody else because <laughs> Harry Kane <laughs> never won Player of the Season at Spurs. No, that's so, that's he's won Young Player of the Season, but he's never won Player of the Season. And that is astonishing to me. So what yeah. does he have to do? To win yeah. player of the season. Yeah, so maybe yeah. this year, well, this season, we'll find out. Okay, that, mm. that is fair. Um, Skip has got a knock that he got in training. So he's back from his big injury. That, oh. I think they just, he should but be if, back. If you do want me to do another one, I think I Decky is going to be incredible. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited. I've got Sun as my player of the year. I just think Champions League suits him. I like, remember just some of the stuff he did. City. He's, what he did Dortmund. against Dortmund, yeah. Oh, well, you think... need another one then as well, because Sun's a bit obvious. He has one player of the season the last two seasons. Oh, Next. Romero, <laughs> Sun and Romero. Romero, Kulu, Ben Tanker, I honestly think Romero could be top oh. three defender in the world. Yeah, easily. I, kind of, I agree with Romero, but Ben Tanker, I'm a bit like, meh. I really find him a bit that. meh. But that's uh, to be honest. That's why I that's why I like him so much because I often think that too. And then I watch him play, and he just seems to have such. Um, he's almost got that kind of Berbatov style about him, where he he remains so calm in in so many situations, and always seemingly comes out with the ball and does something sensible. He's not going to be a prolific playmaker of any you know any description. But yeah, I think he's that's true. Uh, who's going to be our surprise of the year? Who who's going to be better than we think they're going to be? Chris? Um, that is a good question. I don't. I mean, I don't know I with this team. I mean, look, I, I probably I'm going to say Hoybier, but I've always loved Hoybier. But I think he got unfairly slated last season. There was one bit where it was like loads of Hoybier hating, and I didn't understand it. So yeah, let's go with Pierre. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm a Pierre fan too. I think Link, I think um, Longley could be oh, could really? be a surprise. Yeah, because yeah. I mean he's got experience. Prior to his Barcelona move, he had you know lots of people bigging him up. He's he's got this passing ability, which I think is going to be much more prominent than it would under say Jose, because Conte will like both Romero and him either side of Dyer to bring the ball out if they're both on the pitch. And if you've got players that can link like Kane to knock a ball through to the pace of Sonny or Richarlison or even Perisic bombing up. I just think that's going to be um, made to look as good as it can do in our system. And I think we need that. To have another Ben Davies type player, I think, is is a good thing. Always. Uh, so Langley and Hoy both you two. I've got Sanchez. I think this is the time set for Sanchez to really just iron out some creases and just be the brilliant defender we know he can be. Just knock knock out a few errors. I'm quite excited to see what he can do. I hope you're right. Me too. 
I, I really do. Um, but it may it maybe doesn't play, maybe Langley plays, but I, I'm really I'm hoping he will surprise us. Well, where do we get to in the Champions League? Uh, Charles. 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 <laughs> I love it when you call me Charles. <laughs> I think I don't know. It's got to be. We've got to be hoping for at least quarters, haven't we? And then who knows? It's one of those things. I mean, I still I still look back at making the final in Madrid and just just blows my mind. And I think that in itself shows that. It's a momentum thing, isn't it? If we can build up momentum under Conte, then then who knows? I'm trying to rein in the the hope too much because um, it gets ca- I get carried away sometimes. But I think quarters, semis, perhaps, and then who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I, I went to last sorry. sixteen. Last sixteen. That's yeah. where I'm at as well. Um, get out of the groups, and then it might be a bit tough. I went to um, therapy, and one of the things I discovered in therapy, I have got. I had an incident when I was 13, and I've got zero memory from before I was 13. It's just a black space and I thought that was normal I thought everyone just got older and couldn't remember stuff but it's a traumatic response blah 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 it's not a pity party I've got exactly the same for two hours in the in in the, the whatever it's called the what's it called Neil what a part the Atletico Madrid stadium that's it um I can remember the stadium lovely just concrete thing but then I cannot remember anything after that ridiculous penalty like literally i can't remember what happened in that game i think it's quite a boring game if i remember yeah not I... a lot happened yeah <laughs> uh, fa cup chris winners come on chris i'm with you giles you're nodding yeah win it Why let's not? win it uh league where are we going to finish in the league Oof. third or giles. first third or first i love that if we can replicate our performances against City and Liverpool that we did last year, then why not go for it? As To quote a brilliant lady, if not now, then when? Um, I think you're fine, she's a woman, actually. <laughs> woman, sorry. I, I was about to say, how much? Do you, do you want that lecture? No, let's not do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You just have to forgive that and go for the, the intent behind <laughs> the word. Um, and... Yeah, I, I do think that. I, I think third is, is realistic. And actually, that's a weird feeling because the whole will we won't we finish fourth last season was a, you know, was a was a very complex one. Whereas now I feel very comfortable saying we'll get top four. I feel like we can get third. And if not now, then when? So let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Chris? I mean... <sighs> It's really annoying agreeing all the time, but actually that was what I was like, it's third or first. And I genuinely think that. I think we should be finishing third. But, you know, if we're not going to, if not now, then when? I mean, I know it's like we're repeating ourselves, but, you know, this is our opportunity. I don't think Conte's going to be with us forever, so we better sort it out now. Well, on that, his, his contract is until the end of June next year. Is he going to sign an extension? Yes or no? Chris? No. No. Giles? I don't know if, I don't know that he will, but to be honest, I don't know if it matters. I don't mean, who cares? He doesn't wow. care. Even if he'd signed, if he wanted to go, he'll go, regardless of if he's got a contract. I think the contract would be brilliant because we'd all sleep a bit better and it would be a signal of intent. And that means a lot to, you know, all of us, I would suspect. But actually, it doesn't really mean much to him. He's quite happy to walk away from any circumstance. So it doesn't really matter. But I hope he does. I think it really matters. I'm going to say he will sign an extension if we don't win anything, but he might walk if we do. Like, job done. You know, I've gotten. So, what would level. you prefer, that we win and he walks? Oh, that's a horrible one, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. So you don't yeah, like it, Absolutely. Do you? 
I would love it if we if we won an FA Cup and he walked all yeah. all, all day long. Final one. Any what what's the surprise result going to be next season? I I have put down we're going to do a do a Chelsea and Arsenal double. Oh, how good would that feel? Yeah, I think Chelsea would be the surprise there. Let's say the goons. We're going to lose against Wolves again. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it. weird is it? No one's talking about Adama Traore, who no. went to Barcelona. Like, everyone was after him. We were after him. Barcelona had him. He did a little bit and then didn't do much. Now he's got one or two years left on his contract. One. I think it's one. One oh, year. No yeah. one's gone in for him. So weird. Although I did it's see a strange. brilliant picture on Twitter earlier of him doing his shopping with his own shirt on. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Like, literally in the supermarket with a, with a basket. With a Triary shirt on. Oh, I love that. Wow. Good on him. Um, Giles, any any odd results, positive or negative? Does it count as an odd result that we don't lose against Wolves or a similar level team or you know uh, you know that that kind of Burnley-esque fixture we had last <laughs> season? I mean, that was that was you know after beating City and then losing, that was horrific, wasn't it? I think we're going to have that ironed out this year more than ever. Of course, you'll get freak results. But the thing about our squad, I'm increasingly noticing, and it was when we when we signed Hoiberg, I remember thinking, brilliant, not dissimilar to um, previous times when we signed like I don't know Wilson Palacios or Scott Parker, where you know they're going to run into the ground. Like a little terrier, you keep throwing that ball, they're going to chase it. And it meant so much and it was so significant when you had a player like that in a team where previously you'd lacked it. I see those players all over the park now. You've got Kulu, Son and Kane, maybe less so Kane. I don't know, that might be an unfair thing to say. Perisic, um, whoever plays in the middle of the park, really. You've got people like Skippy doesn't stop running. Hoiberg runs, Ben Tanker runs, the other lad runs. I just think we've got people on the pitch who will die trying. And I think that is going to help us iron out those disappointing results that we've had in the past. So I'm not, that's not really answering your question, but it's it's my answer. But that's fine. I love it. The two questions ago we were talking about first or third. Now we're into we're going to lose to Wolves. I really enjoyed that. It's not our first third, season as a Spurs fan. Involves losing to Wolves, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll take that. Do you know what my Talking about Scott Parker, I wasn't his biggest fan because of his lack of mobility, but actually looking back on him, now I love him. Um, my favourite moment, I think my favourite Scott Parker game, and it was probably one of my happiest, just the games I was just happiest at, was Tottenham 2, Arsenal 1, where Tottenham scored the two identical identical goals. Bale, like beating the offside trap, and then Lennon doing it like two minutes later. Do you remember that one? And they scored right at the end. Um, Scott Parker... Yeah. Brunch Santi Cazorla and played the through ball or played it to Guilfi, played it for the through ball for Lennon or whatever it was. Uh, anyway, that was that was good. Uh, any any comments on any of the other teams? I think I've really enjoyed like Man United just being linked with everybody and <laughs> people turning them down. They're not signing everyone. Everyone turning down Spurs. Everyone turning down Arsenal to go to Spurs or. Um, and Chelsea fans just getting annoyed that they're not signing everyone, just signing a couple of defenders, and they've got a striker. I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying this window. 
It's funny how much United have spent on on certain players. I mean, if the De Jong deal goes through, and I think they're you know they're trying to put a gun to his head practically to get shot at Barca, aren't they? But that Martinez lad, I mean, what is it, fifty seven million, and they've spent, and he's a really tenacious player. And you know, I might be wrong, he might do well, but to me, a centre back in the Premier League can't be five foot nine. That just doesn't work. But mm. who knows? Who knows? I'm Man United's kits, I think, are really good this season. I really, really like their kits. How do you feel about Ericsson? That is a good shout. Uh, I wish him the best. Like like Morrissey said, I just want to see the boy happy. I don't think he fits in our team. I don't know where he plays, what what it means for Fernandez. Like, it's an odd mm. signing, really. But I hope he's happy. Yeah. Uh, the little quiz I had. Unless there's any other, any other business. No. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vicker. Cameron Carter-Vickers has gone. He went on loan one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Can you name all the teams he went on loan to? No. Got... <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Luton? That is the one I thought you wouldn't get. Celtic. Celtic, yep. Yeah. Oh, Tapping. Yeah. South End. No. Hmm. At least not going to transfer market. Leighton Orient. No. Okay. I'll tell you. This is where this is where Jack Jack would be like all over this is what Jack does in his evenings, isn't it? So we went to Sheffield United, Ipswich, Swansea, Stoke, Luton, Bournemouth, Celtic. It's a lot of teams, isn't it? And it's quite a wide range of teams. Ipswich yeah. to Swansea to Stoke, down to Luton. Up to Bournemouth. Like, well, like I say, we wish the we've got to wish the boy luck, haven't we? Yeah, I yeah. just, I just, it just, it's not right for us. I hope he's, he's, you know, he, the Scottish league's a great league. Good luck to him. I hope well, he had a great time last year at Celtic, didn't he? Did well. Yeah, yeah. Did really well. He did really well. Uh, I guess we should preview the first game. So, Giles, we, I mean, you're you gonna do it. You're gonna have a go at me now. Well, we're going, aren't we? Well, I, I said yes to Giles, and then I realised I'm not not in the country, so I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel really bad because our thing was the first game of the season. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to blame my my wife. Um, I mean, I put the holidays. Where, you, my where are you going? Anywhere not anywhere nice? Yeah, Wales. <laughs> Back to the motherland. I'm sorry, Giles. Um, we've got to win that one, right? That's a win. Easy win. Yeah, three 0 I think if we've got any um, designs on doing anything, we've got to win that game. Yeah, yeah I, I'd go. I'd probably say two rather than three, but I think we should be able to do that with no um, with no response. So I think we'll keep a clean sheet. <clears throat> yeah, I think as long as they can keep Ward Prowse away from free kicks around the box. I think a clean sheet against Southampton is actually, you know, pretty good. They're not prolific, but they've got a dead ball specialist who's Ericsson-esque and it has hurt us in the past. But as I say, we're a team of giants now, so we can just nod them away. This is true. Yeah, I'm with you. Two, three, nine. Hassan Hootel is, I think, right up there for the first to be sacked, along with Frank Lampard. I reckon. Apparently, um, I was talking about it yesterday with someone and that's what they said. Frank Lampard's a funny one, isn't he? Do you see the... um? Fellow who came on to take the penalty yesterday. I thought that was really nice. The it was, yeah. 
pre-season game substituted they took Delhi off and brought on a fan yeah. to take a penalty yeah. they've been taking uh, supplies to Ukrainian refugees I love that sort of stuff and did you see the Barcelona they're a good club to be fair yeah there was a 101 year old Barcelona fan who died who had membership number one uh, at Barcelona this week which I think wow. is quite an amazing bit of history there wow. yeah yeah because they've got hundreds of thousands of members haven't they uh, it's not like a season ticket. Like they, their thing is they've got loads because it's it's like being part of Catalonian. Uh, before we finish, the England women. I mean that game. I think what was it? Nine million people watched their game against Sweden. What mm. what and what a game it was. And it, it it just felt level with the men's game. I just it just felt like a a normal game of football. Not normal. I find I'm finding my words difficult. It just felt like a great game of football. It was the best women's game I've watched ever. I think. Mm. I mean, my 85-year-old Cypriot dad said to me today, oh, I have have to watch that tomorrow. Yes, dad. Hey. He wants to to watch England. He said, I want to watch England beat the Germans. Brilliant. Surely you have to say the Germans whenever we're in that sort of context. (laughs) Um, No, no, I'm in it. Are you going? Yeah, of course I am. I had the foresight of buying two tickets about a year ago. Are you not a guest thought, of the royal family or anything? No, 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 no. Because no, no. UEFA have taken it over. So I did get the opportunity to buy some more tickets, but it went to a ballot and I didn't get them. Yeah. But I bought these tickets a year ago and I thought, you know what, it's Wembley. It's a home Euros. Might as well get a couple of tickets to the final. And uh, honestly, I'm so pleased I did. I've been very popular in like, because Tav is working this weekend. So uh, she's not coming in terms of like uh, who my plus one was going to be. And then I realised that I actually t- have told several people over the <laughs> year that they should come with me to the final. So how's that working out? I basically apologised to some people and and decided who I wanted to hang out with for the day. <laughs> Just do an ASD and bin them off. Go to Wales. <laughs> I mean, there is that, isn't there? Hey, it's going to be a great atmosphere, isn't it? It's going to be nothing, I hope, Incredible. nothing like the last time... England men's team were there because that was a mess. What was oh that was the was that to Hungary? Was it what was that game? Before, I think we're talking uh, about the final about though. The final. Yeah. Oh, I thought we meant the last time England were at Wembley, which no, was what that final, four or five nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully there won't be anything like that. No, it'd be great I times. Not. It's, it's gonna... what's what's the? I haven't looked much into this German team. Are they? But I know they've won it a fair few times. What's the expectations Good here? Good yeah, team. strong midfield. Like a prolific goal scorer um, up front in Alexandra Pop, but she's been um, injured for a bit, but she scored two really good goals in the semi-final. Yes, I But I do think if you look at, you know, where it's at, uh, England have scored 20 goals, they've scored 14. Both teams have only conceded one in the whole tournament. Wow. So I think it's going to be a really it'd be an interesting game from that perspective. So I guess we'll see, but it's exciting. But I saw a great, um, a great statistic, a great... Um, bit of analysis from the guy who's zonal marking on twitter i can't remember his name yeah but he said if you look at the pass completion of england's midfield between the 2017 and the 2022 euros it's gone from 63 percent to 83 percent to put that in context wow. it's gone from tony pulis's stoke to arsene wenger's arsenal that. so that just yeah. gives you a bit of like a con- understanding of like how far that team has progressed i think the manager's incredible you know, she's a she won the last Euros on home turf. So, you know, like I think I think we've got an exciting it's like it's gonna be a really exciting day tomorrow. I literally cannot wait. Cool. 
Um, are you watching it, Giles? Yes, I'm watching it with my two little girls. We'll be there. Yeah, we're watching as well. Cool. Well, do just play, Giles. They do. You know what they do as well as a six and a four year old can play. But my yeah. four year old's got such a low centre of gravity. She she bosses it. <laughs> like they love it. They love it. Like when you're they do. They love it. All right. Like it's exactly what it is. It's just that. And what's wonderful is hearing all these stories of like how many more little girls want to play now just from seeing that it's something that they can do and I just think that's so important so important yeah well every single one of my eldest uh, Annabelle's friends at school every single one of her girlfriends plays football every single one brilliant on a Saturday not even brilliant. school just at a club brilliant isn't it? brilliant Giles and Chris thank you for your time I'm looking forward to speaking to you loads over the coming season I'm, I'm really buzzing for it it's going to be it's, it's the most excited I've been for years um so let's enjoy it I think let's enjoy it let's look forward to it and let's enjoy it and let's support the team let's see what third kit's going to look like and whatever happens don't forget the future's bright the future's lily white come on you Spurs I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.